When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everybody, to the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I'm Hayden Grove, joined, as always, by Cavaliers beat reporter Chris Fedor. And this week, finally, after months and months of waiting and just a lot of time to, to talk about the draft and to talk about these prospects, finally, we have arrived at draft week this Thursday. The NBA draft will take place, barring any unforeseen circumstances. The Cavaliers have the fifth overall pick. If you've listened to us for the past, what, six months or so, almost six months, um, maybe even longer, uh, you know all about the prospects. You know all about these guys. You know about where um, where they're from, what they're about. You know, Chris has done a bunch of features on some of the guys recently. We've discussed kind of what the Cavs have thought about some of them. And finally, it's time for the action to be taken. So. With that said, I will welcome on Chris. And Chris, how excited are you that we are finally at this point where we're like three days, four, three, four days away from the NBA draft, and we're finally going to get some concrete answers as to what the Cavaliers are going to do with number five? Buddy, it is going to be two weeks of madness if you think about everything that's coming in the NBA here. Obviously, today is the first day that trades can be official in the league. Yes. Um, You've got the draft on Wednesday night. Andre Drummond's deadline, I'm told, is Thursday at 5 o'clock p.m. for him to pick up his player option. Whatever he does with the player option is going to determine the course that the Cavs take in the offseason and how much money they have to spend in the offseason. And then free agency is officially going to get started. And then you're going to have training camps supposedly opening up in uh, the beginning of December. And then you have the start of the season set to tip off on December 22nd. So these couple weeks, this next month is going to be absolute madness. Um, and the Cavs are going to take a three-pronged approach, I'm told. The first is the draft, obviously. They've been focusing so much attention on that. Um, what trades are there for them to make? Um, can they move up? Should they move down? How far would they move down? Um, and then on top of that, they've got to figure out what they're going to do with their own free agents. That's a big part of this. Matthew Dellavedova, Tristan Thompson, and of course, like I said, Andre Drummond. And then they have to figure out what they're going to do in terms of other free agents around the NBA and whether they're going to spend and whether there's somebody out there that makes sense for them to use the mid-level exception on. So there is a huge, huge plan of uh, the Cavs off-season attack, and it all starts with the NBA draft, like you said. I mean, we've just been talking about it for so long. We've been talking about the situations, the scenarios, the players. Finally, it's just like, okay, we 
We're going to have some concrete answers come Wednesday night. Um, I think, you know, maybe Cavaliers fans that have just been so dormant for so long. And I understand that the mini bubble was something, but this will be something else. This will be a little bit more exciting than that, I believe. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. There's no doubt about it. it. It'll finally, well, you would think you could finally start to figure out a fit for this roster moving forward. Who's going to be here? Who's not going to be here? And um, what the Cavs value moving forward. I think that's a big part of what hangs over the fifth overall pick is not only just how they're going to approach it, but what they value with this particular pick. Um, and I think that's going to speak to their overall philosophy moving forward, honestly. Yeah. And the Cavaliers, you know, we've talked a lot about what the future may hold. You know, they have kind of an in, they have an interesting, interesting roster um, in a lot of ways. Um, but before we do get into any more of the draft stuff, I do want to take this second to tell you that this is the time. If you are ever going to sign up for subtext, this is the time. Sign up for subtext. It is Chris Fedor giving you instant or inside analysis before you can see it on Twitter, before you can see it anywhere else. He is sending it straight to your phone. 14-day free trial. You can sign up today. The best time right before the NBA draft, right after the NBA draft, to get all of your Cavaliers info. All you have to do is text 216-208-4499. Again, 216-208-4499. You can communicate directly with Chris. Two-week free trial, and then after that, it is $3.99 a month. And what better time to try it out than right now with the NBA draft right around the corner. Now, Chris, yep. you've done a mock draft. You've, I have. Written, you've, you've written a mock draft. Are I think you probably will do one more, right, before, yes. before the For draft. Tuesday. Tuesday. For Tuesday. Okay. Well, I thought we could have a little fun and do our own kind of little mock draft here. Um <laughs> Just talking about the different scenarios up until the Cavaliers, you know, at number five or wherever they may be. How does that? That sounds great, because I think there are a couple of different pivot points which are going to play a role in, in what the Cavs do at number five. Obviously, who goes number one is going to matter because where LaMelo Ball goes is going to matter. Um, what Charlotte does at number three is going to play a role in this. And then Chicago seems to be the wild card that the Cavs are having a hard time figuring out. Um, one, because they're quiet. And two, as we've talked about so much, Hayden, they've got a new front office. They've got a new coaching staff. And they have the green light to be aggressive when it comes to trades, right? right. What are they going to do with Laurie Markkinen? What are they going to do with Wendell Carter Jr.? Are they going to hang on to Zach Levine or trade him? Because he's been in rumors for the last couple of months. And there are people around the NBA that think that he might be available. So Chicago's really, really tough to predict at number four. In fact, I was asked to participate in a media member mock draft. Um, Dan Wojcicki from uh, Los Angeles was conducting it, and he's having a different writer from every single city uh, make the picks in his mock draft. Yep. And the fourth pick that whoever it was that made completely stunned me. Um and if it's a writer in Chicago, and it is, and that's the direction that they're going in, um, it could be very, very interesting with the Cavs at number five. Okay. Who did they pick? They had Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State. Wow. That was the first that I had heard of that. That was the first that I had seen of that. Um, there is somebody that I know that believes Patrick Williams from Florida State is going to be in the mix for Chicago at four. 
Wow. That's the highest that I've heard of him. And it was also the highest that I've seen of Tyrese Halliburton. So Chicago, I think, has everybody guessing right now. Which is crazy because they are the pick before the Cavaliers, and they are going to be the linchpins of what the Cavaliers do, likely. Um, well, them in Charlotte. I think in- Charlotte's a big linchpin, too. Because right. l- let's say this. If, if Charlotte goes with Onyeka Kongu at number three because they need to fill the big spot, and it's the worst-kept secret that they love James Wiseman in this draft. Um, if they can't get to James Wiseman, do they say, hey, we're going to pass up the talent of either Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball and take a Kongu at three because we need a big so bad, and there are enough people that feel like a Kongu is close enough to Wiseman that it's not that much of a stretch for him to go number three. If that scenario plays out, then one of Edwards or Ball drops to four to Chicago, and then one of Denny Toppin drops to the Cavs at five. And I think um, for a long, long time, Hayden, I was operating under the assumption, under the impression that Denny Avdia was going to be gone by the by the time the Cavs were picking at five. Um, if Charlotte goes a different direction other than LaMelo Edwards, um, then it's a realistic possibility that the Cavs could get Denny. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's do let's it. it. All right. So the number one overall pick belongs yeah. to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And yeah. there's still no consensus on who the Timberwolves will take. I think it is, um, it's it's very much between one of two players in my yeah. mind, uh, Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. Uh, there seems to be a larger contingent of people that believe the LaMelo Ball is going to be the pick for the Minnesota Timberwolves at number one. Um, there is another contingent, maybe a little smaller, but think Anthony Edwards will be the pick, the freshman out of Georgia at number one. So, Chris, you are up first. Who is your pick for the Minnesota Timberwolves? I have changed this pick. In my first mock draft, it was LaMelo Ball. In the one that I'm assembling for Tuesday, I have Anthony Edwards. Wow. Um, I don't a know that I have a rhyme change. or reason for that. Yeah, I just think... I just think it's going to be hard for the Minnesota Timberwolves to pull the trigger on a guy like uh, LaMelo when they've invested so much in D'Angelo Russell already. Like, theoretically, could they move D'Angelo off the ball? Sure. But is that putting him in the best position to succeed? Is that putting your team in the best position to succeed? And, And I think the more that I've talked to people around the NBA... It seems like there's more star potential attached to Anthony Edwards than there is LaMelo Ball. And I think the natural talent of Anthony Edwards gets him the nod along with his positional fit. I think he's going number one to Minnesota. All right. So Chris has Anthony Edwards going number one, the freshman out of Georgia, freshman guard, very highly talented. There are questions about his motor. There are questions around him. But uh, obviously, the star potential apparently is there. Okay, my number one pick. You made me think. You made me think about changing it, but I'm <laughs> going to stick with Lamelo. Uh, I understand completely why you would want. You know, why would you think that Anthony Edwards um, would be the pick there, and it very well could be the pick there. Um, I'm just going to go with the where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, it okay. seems like a little more smoke for Lamelo Ball, and. Um, obviously there are evaluators that think he's perhaps the most talented player in the draft with the highest ceiling. Um, so I'm going to stick with LaMelo. I'm going to stick with LaMelo at number one. 
We talked about the Cavaliers. If they had a number one pick, would they waste or would they use it on LaMelo? Um, I think LaMelo has been there all the entire time. So I'm going to stick with LaMelo ball, despite everything that, you know, has gone on and what you've said. So we got, so we're different already. We got Anthony and LaMelo one and one. Um, I think this next pick is going to be pretty, I mean, it's pretty much across the board you know, it's pretty much the same across the board from what I've seen in all the mock drafts that I've looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will let you go with number two, Golden State Warriors. Go ahead. Yeah, I think it's James Wiseman. Yeah. I do too. I just think that the, the potential's there. They could use a center. He's, you know, young and talented, like so incredibly talented. It's just a matter yeah. of whether he can put it together. And, you know, they're kind of in a luxurious position where if they take James Wiseman, they're not going to like he's not a he's not a player for them that is going to ruin their future perhaps because they have so many talented guys around and Steph Clay Draymond um he's not a guy that you're you're putting your the hopes of your franchise in i think that that takes some pressure pressure off of him and i think you know being around a, cha- a talented and championship roster um i think that'll help yeah so here's the other thing too um for the past couple of years so even though the Warriors tend to play small, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks of them as this small ball grouping. Um, that is very, very true. But yet, for the past couple of years, they have been trying to get a center, right? Yeah. They used a first-round pick on Damian Jones. They used, I think, a first-round pick on Festus Azili. Um, they had been in trade rumors for some of these other guys, including DeAndre Jordan, for a little while. So I think they feel like um, they're a team that wants to play any style possible. I think that's the goal for all of these teams that can be contenders. It's not just being married to one style, small ball. You have to be able to play big. You have to be able to play small. You have to be able to play both of those styles effectively. And um, I think the Warriors see the need for a rim protector, a rim runner, and a lob threat. And I think... Um, James Wiseman checks all of those boxes, and he also has the upside to kind of um, be the bridge to the next post-Steph Curry era. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is a great position that I think the Warriors are in, where um, they could get somebody who could be a great fit for them uh, this year in probably a smaller role than what you would normally expect from the new number two overall pick. But then moving forward into the future— like the torch could eventually be passed to Wiseman if he extends his game out to the perimeter and becomes more of that two-way modern-day big uh, that some people feel like he has the potential to one day be. And if not, then he fills a role as a rim protector, rim runner, um, maybe a switchy uh, big man um, who has enough on the defensive end to be like defensive player of the year type guy. Right. He's, I mean, he fill, he fills a lot of boxes, um, you know, both in the short term and the long term, if he um, pans out to what, you know, what they think he could be. Right. Okay. So we got, so thus far you went Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman. I went LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, which makes the number three pick, in, in my mind at least, uh, pretty easy for both of us. Go ahead with your uh, third overall pick to the Charlotte Hornets. Man, I don't know that this is easy in my situation. <laughs> really? Okay. I don't. Like, sure, LaMelo makes sense. 
talent perspective, um, best passer in the draft, uh, has the ability to one day be the best player from this draft, in my opinion. Um, but they have so much invested in that backcourt in Charlotte. They have Terry Rozier, who's making a bunch of money. They have Devontae Graham, who's going to be up for a contract soon. Like, I don't think they're in position um, where where fit matters all that much because it's so early into this rebuild for them. But, man, LaMelo's a horrible fit with what they already have. That's and they need a, a center. They need a center so bad. Akangu makes all the sense in the world from a fit perspective. So, I mean, I'm tempted to go that direction, honestly. To, uh, to go the Akangu direction? Yeah. In, in my scenario, with Edwards going number one, I'm tempted to go with Akangu. I love it. I love That would shake things up tremendously. Yeah. And it could happen. It, def- Again, I mean, like, it definitely could happen. I think I don't there think are no Ball, I don't think the Ball family would love being in Charlotte. I don't think Lamella Ball would love playing there. <laughs> I and just think there are enough. Hey, I think there are enough people that that have questions about Lamelo. He's he's probably the most polarizing. Him and Anthony Edwards are probably the most polarizing players in this year's class. So so I could see a team like Charlotte saying, "No, we don't love him. We love Akangwu, who ironically grew up playing with Lamelo." Okay, so what are you? Who are you going with? I'm going with a Kongu. Love right it, love it, love yeah. it. Shake it up. I, I might not... change that by tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, it's well as of right now, as of three sixteen p.m. on Monday, November sixteenth, twenty twenty. You are going with Anyeka Akangwu yeah. out of USC at number three to the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. I love it. So Lamelo's still on the board, which makes things very interesting coming up. Um, I'm going to go with the safe route and not safe in that, like, it's, I'm just going to go with the more, more kind of, I'm trying to think of the right word, more thought of, or the more, you know, projected route that I've seen okay. in these months. I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball. I'm going to say they pull the trigger on the You already have LaMelo going in yours. Oh, excuse me. You Sorry. had him going first. Anthony Edwards. Yes, my bad. Yeah, so you have Edwards? Yes. I was looking at I'm looking at <laughs> I'm looking at mock draft right now and I was just staring at LaMelo Ball. But yes, Anthony Edwards, sorry. Anthony Edwards uh goes number three to the Charlotte Hornets because then you don't have to worry about the LaMelo ball. Um, you know, the all the ba- the baggage that comes with him already gone to Minnesota. Um Anthony Edwards, uh, you know, very, very good potential there with what he's able to do offensively. Um, And I think at that spot, I think it's a good fit. So I think Anthony Edwards goes number three to the Charlotte Hornets after LaMelo Ball um, went number one to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, um, so thus far, and I apologize, I was looking at the wrong name. Um, So you got Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and and Yeka Akangu with your top three. I got LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, and Anthony Edwards with my top three. Now, Here's where things get very interesting. So for you, Lamella Ball is still on the board. Yeah. Uh, Denny Obdia is still on the board. Obi Toppin is still on the board. Um, wh- where are we looking here for the Chicago Bulls at number four? Yeah, so in this case, I'm going with Lamelo here. Okay. Yeah. So Chicago is just a better fit. I think Chicago is a better fit because he's a natural point guard. He's more of a pure point guard, 
And once um, you have somebody like him, all of a sudden you have an offensive identity. And everything that I've heard about Chicago is that they're looking for a playmaker at four. Now, playmakers can come in all different shapes and sizes. They can come in all different positions. Denny Avdia is a playmaking forward. Tyrese Halliburton's a playmaking guard. LaMelo Ball is a playmaking guard. So I think playmaker is the way that Chicago is going to go at four. It's just a matter of which one. Um, I do believe they really like Denny. And if LaMelo's off the board, I think they go with Denny at four. But in this scenario, LaMelo's still there. I think they get the playmaker with the most talent, and this is a best player available type pick. And I think that's a better fit, too. I mean, I think that just everything, I think that'd be a better fit for LaMelo than any of the other spots. You know, with, uh, with as you mentioned, D'Angelo Russell in right. Minnesota, you know, you got Scary Terry over in Charlotte, and yep. um, hmm, I like that fit. I like I like your draft better than mine thus far. But <laughs> But that means just, it's not going to happen, clearly. Right, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like, I like your draft better, but is that what's going to happen? I have no idea. I have no idea. All right. So you got, so Anthony, or so you got um, Anthony Edwards, yep. James Wiseman, Anyeka Kongwu, yep. LaMelo Ball. Yeah. All right. I got LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards. And I'm going to go, this is, a tough, this is a really tough one. I'm going to go with Denny. Yeah. I'm go with Denny Abdiya. Um, just because I feel like Obi could be go there. I feel like even Okoro could go there. I feel like a Kongu could go there. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Denny. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I love that, but <laughs> I'm going to go with Denny. Do you not love that from a Cavs perspective because they're picking one pick after and they're missing out on him? Or do you no, not love no, that no. From I don't know Chicago if I love it from Chicago's perspective. I feel oh, like... God, I think it's perfect for Chicago. Yeah. Honestly, I was yeah. talking, yeah, I was texting with an executive about this and seeing what they had heard about Chicago at number four, seeing what I had heard about Chicago at number four. And I was just like, they need a wing and they need a playmaker, right? Yeah. So why not get a playmaking wing? <laughs> like, right. It makes all the sense of the world for them to take Avdia. Well, I just think uh, maybe I'm a little down on Avdia. I just, it, I could be wrong. You know, we talked a lot about him, about his yeah. aids, and, you know, the you know playing overseas and maybe not playing in town. I think it could be a bigger project than um, than people are or than you know it's it's been thought of. I just think it's a bigger project for you know for the Bulls and maybe he won't be the you know, the guy that they need right away. I think the Bulls, honestly, like the Bulls didn't have a good team last year, but um, I don't know. I think I think they're heading in the right direction. I do. So I don't, I think they'd probably, if I'm a Bulls fan, I would probably want someone who makes a bigger impact right away. And I don't think that's Denny. But, See, I, I disagree with that notion. And look, a lot of people have brought that up. You're not the only one, Hayden, that has brought that up. And I get it, right? Coming from overseas to the NBA is a big transition. Uh-huh. But I think there are a couple of things working in his favor. See, most people will just look at 19 and say, you know, young, raw, not ready. And that's usually the case. It's tough for a 19-year-old kid to make a significant impact, um, especially in his first season in the NBA when he's coming from overseas. Um, he's not Luca. Nobody's saying that he's Luca. No. But he has this in common with Luca. They have played professionally. Yeah. Right. He's been in a locker room with pros. He's played against 25 to 30 to 35 year old advanced players. 
Yeah. Uh, guys that have been in the NBA before. Guys that have had success in the NBA before. So that's what he's played with. That's what he's played against. That's the kind of coaching that he has gotten. That's the kind of experience that he has gotten. Right. I think that's invaluable. I think that's going to help him greatly. Here's the other thing that I think is going to help him. The last time James Wiseman played in a game, like a <laughs> meaningful game. Yeah. November of last yeah. year. November of 2019. Yep. For Obi Toppin, it was early March, right? For Tyrese Halliburton, I don't remember when it was because he had a wrist injury. Um, for LaMelo Ball, he was shut down after 12 games or something like that, and he was yep. playing overseas. Um, they restarted things in the Euro League after the pandemic, and Denny was able to get more playing time, more experience, um, while all these other guys were basically sitting on the sidelines. Yeah. So to me, those two factors are going to help him when it comes to his readiness in the NBA. Okay. I do. I mean, those are great points because I certainly can see where that would help, uh, you know, having him play more. Um, I just, again, I just think the transition can be hard. Like it's going to be such a short transition to begin with. And maybe it does help, you know, it's obviously going to help him that he's played more games, but coming from overseas, a little different. I don't know. Uh, with the lot, you know, with the protocols and everything, it's just, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I mean, there, I think you could definitely be right. I think I could definitely be right. Um, it's just going to take some, some time to see what, how it plays out, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Regardless. Okay. I went with Denny Abdia. So now we, now we come to the crucial number five. So let's recap. If you, if you're just, uh, if you've forgotten, um, number one for Mr. Fedor was Anthony Edwards. Number two was James Wiseman. Number three was Anyeka Akongwu. Number four was LaMelo Ball. For me, uh, number one was LaMelo Ball. Number two was James Wiseman. Number three was Anthony Edwards. Number four was Denny Avdia. So that means that for both Chris and myself, uh, Obi Toppin is on the board for the Cavaliers. For Chris, Denny Avdia is on the board for the Cavaliers. Isaac Okoro is on the board for the Cavaliers. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, I suppose, is on the board for the Cavaliers. So that leaves us with options. So the drum roll, please, for number five for Chris Fedor. Now we've discussed what Chris would want or Chris thinks is the best idea here is to trade. Yep. And that could still very much happen. Um, so before you get, I'll even do this. Before you get into your pick. Okay. What what would you, what, what kind of trade would like interest you here? Oh, I've got a couple that I have eyed. Um, one of them I know has been discussed. Um, the Celtics, from what I'm told, have offered multiple picks to move up to number five from 14. Wow. Okay. That's, that's pretty far. Yes. Yeah, so that's far for the Cavs to drop. It's far for the Celtics to go up. But I think the Celtics in that scenario would either want a Kongwu or they would want Isaac Okoro. Um I don't know. I don't know that I would be okay with the Cavs dropping down that far. Right. That's that is pretty far. Yeah. I mean, that is in a completely different pool of players. Right. Um, so I don't love that one. I think Washington makes a lot of sense at nine. I've talked about this one before. Okay. If they want to move up for a Kongwu 
or if they want to move in front of Detroit, New York for a point guard because they're not comfortable with where John Wall is in his recovery or they don't think like he's the long-term answer at point guard and they want somebody else to team up with Bradley Beal for the foreseeable future. I could see them wanting to move up to number five in front of those two teams. Cavs dropping down to nine, picking up another asset, say Troy Brown Jr. to be a wing. Um, And then the Cavs at number nine probably take the best player available regardless of position. Who knows who it would be at that point in time. Maybe Obi Toppin is available at nine because he falls without a spot, right? Um, Maybe one of the wings is available at nine. They could go Aaron Neesmith, the sharpshooter from Vanderbilt. They could... Zakoro there at nine still. Who knows? Um, I think nine is an interesting spot for the Cavs to drop to. I think the Knicks make sense as a trade-up partner if LaMelo Ball is on the board at number five still, somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Cavs would also, Hayden, believe it or not, I think they would explore a second top ten pick without giving up five. Wow, okay, so to come back into the top ten. Yes, and that's easier said than done, and that would take them giving up one of their young guys, probably Darius Garland, Um, but I believe the Cavs feel, and they could be wrong about this, teams could call them nuts, I believe the Cavs feel um, they have enough young assets and and trade possibilities to acquire a second top 10 pick without moving out of five. Well, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, yeah, I think with with Darius Garland, with Colin Sexton, with Kevin Porter Jr., with, yeah. But I, I don't think, they think they'd have, trade Colin. No, I don't think, I don't they, think would. they would trade KPJ either. Well, that's something. I think they do. You're right. I think Darius Garland, if they don't, if they're not sold, I mean, if they, you right. know, that, yeah, easily, I think they, they could do that. Right. Um, you know, in that scenario, would Patrick Williams still be available? Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to predict six through ten, honestly. Yeah. It's hard enough to predict one through five. Now you're trying six through ten with who's going to be on the board, who's not going to be on the board, who has motivation to trade up, who wants to move down, things along those lines. Um, But the other thing to consider, Hayden, is that the Cavs, um, they have all of their draft picks for the foreseeable future, at least their first round picks. Um. Now, I think they'd be hesitant to part with some of those because some of the drafts coming up in the future are supposed to be much, much better. So they have to be really uh, cognizant of that. But they also have that Milwaukee first round pick that they got in the deal um, last year. Um, And if Giannis goes back to Milwaukee, it's obviously less valuable than if Giannis is going to leave Milwaukee. Right. Um, so I think that extra asset kind of gives them a sweetener uh, if if some team is willing to listen on a Darius Garland-centric trade opportunity or something like that. I got you. All right, so number five. So do you think that they trade or do you think they make the pick? I think they make the pick because in my scenario, I just don't see a player on the board that's worth a team trading up for. Right. Unless it's Boston, and I just, I don't get the sense that, so here's the thing. I think that's Cavs, too far. Man, I think it's too far. I think the Cavs would think it's too far. But I, I've talked about this, I've written about this. If there's a team that would be willing to move down 
it would probably be the Cavs because they started draft preparation so early and they've seen so many of these guys. So for some of these teams, let's say it's the Warriors or something like that. I, I don't know. X team. I'll just throw the Warriors out there as a hypothetical. Like, how much work did they do with the draft early on in the process? You know what I mean? Right. Like, their intentions were way different coming into the season. So did they see enough guys in person, or were they a little bit behind? Were they waiting until March Madness? Were they waiting until the conference tournament? Like, the Cavs, chances are, could move down into a spot and still have seen the guy in person, still had worked the guy out in a way that maybe another team in the top five wouldn't be as comfortable because they hadn't done as much work. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. And for that reason, I could say, yeah, you, I mean, literally, I, I would just echo everything you said. That just makes sense. So you got to make the pick, though. It's time. Hmm. I keep <laughs> going back and forth on this one. Um, I know. Your first one, your first one was Obi Toppin. Yeah. But that's because Denny was not on the board in that but one. Now Denny is on the board. Denny's on the board. All right. So I'm going to preface this. Okay. I don't know for sure that the Cavs have made up their mind if this scenario comes into play. From what I know, there was uh, a front office meeting early Monday um, to put the final big board together okay. with all of the rankings. And that could change. That could change again before Wednesday night, sure. um, depending on what happens over the next couple of days. So... All right. <laughs> I'm going to go with Denny. Denny Abdia. Yeah, I'm going to go with Denny. So I think um, I think he's the best match of talent and need at number five. He's a versatile, athletic, two-way wing, playmaking potential. He fits better alongside the team's growing young core. Um, and I know his outside shot is a work in progress. Um, but the Cavs have been okay with with that particular trait as one that they feel is correctable and workable. Um, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Colin Sexton, Larry Nance Jr., I think they feel really strong about the player development staff that they have, mm-hmm. that they're not going to shy away from a guy who has questions with his shot. So on top of that, Kobe Altman, Mike Ganzi, director of scouting Brandon Weems, they have all traveled overseas at various points in the last year to watch Avdia in person. Head coach J.B. Bickerstaff has reached out to former players Omri Caspi, Tyler Dorsey, Tariq Black. All of those guys played for J.B. either in Memphis or Houston. All of them played with Denny for Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, the Cavs also have somebody who is the director of player development for the Canton Charge who um, does some work in their front office. She was the assistant general manager at Maccabi more than a decade ago. Um, And her family still has ties to Maccabi. Her brother is the strength and conditioning coach at Maccabi. So 
if there's anybody who knows anything about Denny Avdia, it's the Cavs. They've also held an in-person workout with him. So I just think the Cavs have a better feel for him than any other team in the league because of their connections and because of their intel. And I think, as we talked about, his experience playing professionally overseas, I think that will allow him to help immediately. And we all know that the Cavs have a goal of taking a step forward this upcoming season. And I don't think they feel like they'd have to wait on him as much as maybe some of these other guys. So say the Cavs, say, say you're right. Say Denny Avdi is the pick. Yep. Your starting lineup next year, I mean, could it could it be, could it be Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Denny Avdia, Larry Nance Jr., Kevin Love? No. No. Could it be, well, basically what I'm saying is, does Denny Avdia start at the three to start the year, or is it Dylan Winlow, or is it somebody else? Well, don't forget Jetty. I'm not forgetting Jetty at all. So the reason that I said no to your scenario is because Drummond's going to start at the five. Oh, Drummond, sorry, yes, okay. I truly believe that. Um, Denny could, absolutely he could. There's no doubt about that. I I just think um, most likely early on in the season, the Cavs will lean towards the NBA experience of somebody like Jetty, especially when they have so many other um, young guys uh, surrounding that guy. All right. So it could be Darius. It could be, I mean, hypothetically, if if Denny, like, say, like, Denny has an amazing camp and he just, he looks, he's, like, lighting it up. It could be, in your scenario, it could be Colin Sexton, Darius, or Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Denny Avdia, Kevin Love, Andre Drummond. Yeah, it could. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the three is the spot that's most open at this point in time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Jetty... Obviously a factor there. Dylan Windler, obviously a factor there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Denny would be a fit. And that's what we said. A lot. I think Denny is the best fit for the team, right? I think that, that we've said we both said that. Like, in this yeah. draft, I think he's the best fit for what the Cavaliers need because they need a forward so bad. Yeah. And um, and on top of that, they need somebody who can pass. Like, right. I mean, we talked throughout a lot of last season how Larry Nance and Kevin Love at one point were the best passers on the team. Um, right. You know, Darius can change that. He showed some better playmaking towards the end of the season as he was getting more comfortable. But, I mean, the only thing that Denny doesn't bring that the Cavs need is shooting. And I think the Cavs feel like they could get that from somebody like Dylan, right? Like, there are other things that Denny can bring to the table, other traits that they would like enough about him that I don't think they would focus solely on shooting and say, well, because you don't have that, you're not going to be the pick at number five. Right. Um, I keep going back and forth on this, but but I think if Obi and Denny are both on the board, I think Denny gets it slightly. Okay. All right. So there you have it from Chris's perspective. He's got, and we'll, we'll go back through the top five. He's got, uh, Anthony Edwards, number one. James Wiseman, number two. Onyeka Akangu, number three, to Charlotte. LaMelo Ball, number four, to the Chicago Bulls. And number five, Denny Avdia, to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I am at LaMelo Ball, number one, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. James Wiseman, number two, to the Golden State Warriors. Anthony Edwards, number three, to the Charlotte Hornets. I have Denny Avdia, number four, to... Oh, wait. 
Yes, Denny Abdi at number four for the Chicago Bulls. And at number five, now, okay, I'm going back and forth between two the two O's, <laughs> Anyeka and Obi. Yeah. Um, and just, and this is based solely on the fact that I believe the Cavaliers are going to go best player available. And that means best player available right now, and maybe not best player available in terms of, you know, could be the best player available or will be. I'm going to go with Obi. Um, mm-hmm. I just think because he right now, you know, offensively the skills are there. Um, obviously, the, you know, the defense has been an issue for the Cavaliers. And I think that that's a lot of effort as well as, you know, some physical stuff. Um, I just think Obi is the, the most re- – the, the, at that point, I think he's the best player. And, the, and that's what the Cavaliers are going to do. I think he's, you know, he's going to be a good fit for that organization just in terms of, um, you know, the type of guy he is and um, what he brings to the table. So for those reasons, I'm taking Obi over a Kongwu, but I would not be at all surprised if they went with a Kongwu at number five. Okay, interesting. You had Obi in your first mock draft. I did. And was there anything to, sw- I mean, is is it just because Avdi is there? Yes. Yeah, it's- that's the only reason. That's the only reason, okay. Yep. I don't think anything has changed with how the Cavs view Obi and how much people in the front office like him. Okay, so basically, if I if 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 you had or if Abdia went to Chicago, you'd pick Obi Toppin as well, or would you go with or Akangu has gone for you? Akangu and Denny are gone for you. Yeah. Well, or excuse me, Akangu and uh, well, yeah, Akangu has gone. I mean, I still think. Like, I mean, I still think. If if Denny's gone at four, the pick is Obi. Okay, that's where I am right now. Yeah. So that's where we well we both are, but you already have you have Denny available for the Cavaliers at five. I have right. him going to Chicago. Mm-hmm. That number three pick would be really interesting, man. If 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 Anyeka Kangu went to the Charlotte Hornets, that would change things up tremendously. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I think they are a swing spot for sure. They definitely are a swing swing spot. Absolutely. Maybe even more so than um, than the Bulls. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the scenario with Charlotte is the only way that Lamelo, uh, Edwards, and Wiseman don't go one, two, three. Right. And I think a lot of people have been operating under the assumption, and rightfully so, that those guys are going to go one, two, three. But what happens if somebody cracks the top three? That's unexpected then right. I think it gets really, really tricky. And I think it gets beneficial for the Cavs. Yeah. So I'm looking, and Okoro is still on the board, too. And that's yeah. a guy you really love. I love him. He'd be my pick, but he would I, be your... I, don't, I don't get the sense that he would be the Cavs' pick. We'll see. Okay. So, all right. There it is. Well, I mean, obviously, we can, we'll get into it a little more, but I just wanted to... So that's the top five. And once again... Just our mock drafts, nothing official, nothing just based off of, you know, Chris's intel and, and maybe just some some inklings here and there. Um, obviously, we don't know much about, you know, I don't know much. Chris definitely knows a lot more than I do about what maybe Chicago's thinking or what maybe Charlotte's thinking. Um, but it's just going to be fascinating. It's going to be so. So say 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 Denny is the pick for the Cavaliers at five. What what grade would you give that pick? Um. Hmm. That's a good question. Because 
Because mm. I think Okoro is better. Um, I think he's a better player. I think he'd be a better fit. I think he brings the skills that the Cavs need more. Um, but I understand the pick of Denny. I understand the pick of Denny more than I would Obi, honestly. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably give it like a B. They they yeah. fill their biggest need and they bring a skill that they don't currently have from that position. And I think that would open up the possibility potentially of using Jetty Osman as a trade asset. Yeah. Maybe to get back into the first round. Does Jetty Osman you think they get back into the first round with Jetty? No. But I was going to say, does Jetty Osman and the Milwaukee pick get you somewhere? Maybe. Okay. Suddenly the conversation changes a little bit when right. you attach a future first round pick to it. Right. And I think, you know, I think if you add somebody like Denny, even though you haven't seen him play at the NBA level, and you have Dylan, who the Cavs really, really like, mm-hmm. um, suddenly uh, Jetty becomes more expendable and, and two quote-unquote expendable pieces, the Milwaukee pick and Jetty allows you to get more aggressive this offseason. Even if it's not in the draft, maybe it allows you to do it in a different way during the trade season. Okay. I don't know what Jetty and the Milwaukee pick would get you. I don't know if that could get you back into the top 10. I don't know about the top 10. I mean, if you have no starting point. Say it again. Because you have no starting point. Right. You know, if, if this was last year, right, and the Cavs' starting point was the 26th pick, which was their second first round pick last year. Right. Like now all of a sudden it's a pick swap, right? And it's 16 picks of dropping down for one team, you moving up 16 picks, and then you tossing in Jetty as kind of the sweetener. Here in this situation, it would be where are you starting from? Right. You know, it would have to be a team that would be saying, we want nothing to do with this NBA draft. We're going to focus more on the future um, of that pick, that that Milwaukee pick. We feel like that's going to be an asset for us in the future, and we get somebody who can help us right away. So, I, it, yeah, who's in that who's in that win now situation in the top ten? I guess Phoenix is the only team that would be. Right. Yeah. <laughs> real quick, Phoenix. Phoenix got there real quick today. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, I don't it's I mean, that's the that's the hardest thing is to, like, try to prognosticate trades. I mean, it's just, you know, because it's it's I I say it all the time. It takes two to tango. Like you can't be in two minds at once. You really can't. Yeah. And, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's just that easy sometimes. Right. And Uh, I think the other thing is you have to pick the lane that you want to go down too. Right. Right. Are you all in on competing or are you a team that is looking more towards the future and trying to assemble assets? Indeed. Would you would you trade Jetty and uh, the Milwaukee pick for 10 if you could? Yes. To get a second top 10 pick in this draft? Yes. Hmm. Because I'm not I'm not a Jetty guy. Yeah, no, I get that. I'm not a Jetty guy at all. Um, I used to be a Jetty guy. When he first came in the league, I was a Jetty guy. Like, yeah. because I thought when I, when he was playing with LeBron, LeBron was so impressed with him and like, and he did a nice job in his role. I just don't think he's a starting for a starting player in the NBA. And 
I think, you know, he's shown that. I don't think he's improved much in terms of his various abilities. Um, and I think you're starting to see, like, where the lack of talent isn't equaling the, like, you know, professionalism and, um, you know, the ability. I mean, now he's, what, in his third, fourth year in the league? Like, Going in fourth. Uh, he, uh, you know, it's he's not – he's now more of a veteran and he's, you know, he's got to be getting that skill up to where like, you know, when he was in his first year or so, then yeah, it was about, Oh, well he can play with the pros because he's been a pro. Well, now he's been playing with the pros and you know, so is everybody else. So yeah, if a team is if a team wants Jetty, go ahead. And they, and he, they can get up to 10. I'm high on a lot of guys at 10. If I mean, even if so, say, so say they go with Denny or say they go with Obi, um, a not there for you. For me, a Kongu could be there. It looks like, I mean, you know, DC would probably pick him at number nine, I would suppose. Yeah. But then you still yeah, have Devin Vassell. You have Devin Vassell. You have Sadiq Bay. You have Patrick Williams still there. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of talented players still, um, still very much available. So for that reason, yeah, I'd take a chance on a guy that I maybe, you know, didn't know, or I would take a chance on a young kid um, over Jetty Austin. I would. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. I, I think the interesting thing is the Milwaukee pick because yeah. what happens with Giannis is going to determine where that pick lands. Um, that's why it's protected top 10 in 2022 because it could be the year that Giannis leaves, right? And they're trying to pick up the pieces from that and they're one of the worst teams in the NBA. So they're looking at it saying, we've got to protect ourselves. Right. Um, and then it's top 10 in 25 to 30 protected in 2023 so i mean you'd love to have some clarity on what Giannis is going to do when it comes to the supermax extension right. um, the Cavs probably won't milwaukee probably won't before draft night so it would be a big big risk you know the Cavs traded for the brooklyn pick thinking it was going to be better than it was and it wasn't you know what i mean right. the Cavs traded yeah. for this pick from milwaukee got a first round pick thinking hey there's a chance that you know, Giannis doesn't go back to Milwaukee. He leaves in free agency. This could be a really, really good pick for us. Um, if it comes down to that, if that's how it turns out, and the Cavs had traded it for the 10th pick in what is considered a weak draft, yeah. oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, you're right. That could really come back to haunt. I mean, those are the games that you have to play, though, right? Those are the risks that you have to take if – if, if you're an organization that says you want to be aggressive, and I get the sense that the Cavs do want to be aggressive, um, man, that's well, a tough Chris, one. Let me, let me tell you this. Um, the Cavaliers wouldn't do it, in my mind, unless there was a player at 10 that they really, really, really wanted. Well, of course. So for that reason... If if and if that's why I'm saying that yes I would do it because if there's a player if there's a player at ten that they really really want and they love then I'll take that over you know a game or I mean I know it's a, a little bit of a gamble but I would take it because you never know. Yeah, no, I get that and and it makes sense. Um, <laughs> I just have a hard time believing. Well, maybe my maybe my view and and. I understand that my view of this year's draft is probably different than the Cavs draft. Um, but if but if I'm analyzing that, my view of the draft has to come into play. Yeah, so, yeah, they probably do love someone. But I, I would ask myself the question, how is it that you love somebody that much 
borderline top 10 in this particular class when people don't even love one. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And we've talked about this. This draft is weak. It's weak. It's a weak draft. I mean, it's one of the weaker drafts that we've seen since, like we said, like the um, the Anthony Bennett draft. Yeah, it's, it, that's, that's what, it what it's been time. compared to. Right. So, you know, I, I don't think I don't think that they'll do it. I don't think that I, maybe I'm wrong, you know, and maybe I just don't think there's a player that's worth, you know, giving up that for. Now, I could be wrong. You know, they could really love that Pat Williams or they could really love mm. um, Devin Vassell. But I just don't think there's a player that would, you know, would be worth that risk. That's just me. Yeah. Um, so you would give, so, okay, so you would give your pick a B. What would you give the Obi Toppin pick? Because I know you don't love that fit. Yeah. I mean, probably like a C. Okay. The, to me, the only explanation is that he's a modern-day big. Yep. Kevin Love is not long for the Cavs. Eventually, yep. they're going to part ways. Don't know when it's going to happen. I don't think anybody signed that extension thinking that it was going to play itself out completely. Um, and he brings you crazy good athleticism and a pick-and-pop partner and a pick-and-roll partner for your young guards. Yeah. And I think you can make an argument that he is close to the best player available at that particular spot. Right. So you would give that a C. You would give... Um... Then he, so your what so your A would be a Coro. Your A would be a Coro. Yeah. Or I mean, I'm sure like if Lamelo fell, you'd give that an A too. Yes, without Just, a doubt. Yeah, with on that spot. What about a Kongwu? What if they took yeah. a Kongwu? Yeah, I think that's an A too. A Kongwu would be an A. Yeah, for sure. He's when I did my list of the best options for the Cavs at number he five, for me personally, he was number two. Yep. So the A options are a Kongwu, a Koro. The B yeah, option so. is Abdia, and the C option is Obi Top. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those four. At number five, I would agree. Like I don't think there's a. I don't. I would say there's a ninety nine percent chance it's one of those four. Like outside of that, I mean, I would be shocked. Unless they trade, obviously. Right. But we're talking about number five. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Um, you know, trade could very well happen before the draft. Trade, trade could very well happen during the draft. Mm -hmm. They could stay where they're at. And, you know, it's going to be fun to watch play out. Um, is there anything else we want to do before we go? I mean, before we get this, you know, we won't, we probably won't do another podcast until, um, either after, until after the draft. So what else is there anything else that we have, we haven't and we feel like we've discussed every player, every possibility, every thing that we can possibly discuss about this draft? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything else. Okay. I think we've covered it all. We have. We really have. I'm just excited that finally, you know, we <laughs> now we can talk. Let's talk about the 2021 draft. Yeah. <laughs> we can start talking about the 2021 draft now. That's Who knows when that'll be? A good one. That's supposed to be a really good one. Let's let's just for fun. Let's look at the NBA mock draft in 2021. Number one, Cade Cunningham. Yeah, of, of course. State. Yeah, of course. Cavs go Jalen Johnson. 
Um, what pick do the Cavs have in this scenario? Cavs have the fourth overall pick in this scenario. Okay. Uh, Jalen Green from the G League goes to the Knicks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brandon Boston, number three from Kentucky. Where, where are you looking? I don't know. It's nbadraftroom.com. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's just, you know, I just it was the first thing that came up when I typed in 2021 mock draft. Okay, here's so wait, the bleach room. Who did the Cavs get? The the Duke kid? Uh, yes, I believe okay. so. Gotcha. Now, this is another draft. This is a this is a this is a bleacher report mock draft that definitely oh. has uh Cade Cunningham going number 1. Okay. And then Jalen Green going number 2. Okay. And then uh Jonathan Kaminga yep. going number three. And then Evan Mobley going number four. And Jalen Suggs going number five. They don't have teams attached. They just have oh, interesting. general rankings. I mean, Usman Scotty Gar- Barnes is in that mix, I would Usman think. Garuba, BJ Boston, Jaden Springer. Oh, yeah. So the, they have the Cavs taking Jalen Johnson from Duke. Okay, yeah. But with the, if the Cavs are the number four overall pick, I mean, I guess with the lottery, I guess it could be whatever, but I don't know if they'd like that. So here's the hard thing. They obviously want to show improvement. They should want to show improvement. They believe with with the NBA extending the invite to the play-in tournament, if, if this gets approved, right. um, I mean, they're closer to the nine and ten teams in the Eastern Conference than they are the eight teams. That they are. So if it is seven through ten in a play-in tournament, that's a realistic possibility for this team. Right. No, for sure. But absolutely possibility. So I understand why they'd want to go that way, but if we're being honest, like if there's a draft to tank for, that one. It's that one. I don't, I mean, I, you know the names. I, I have never heard any of these names before. So, oh, yeah. They've been coming up for months. Right. Right. So that's, I mean, that's for me to, that's for my, I, I'm reading the comps right now. Yeah. The comp, the comp <laughs> Kobe, <for> LeBron. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. This is great. This is actually really good. Okay. The comp for Cade Cunningham is stronger Sean Livingston. Oh, hey. Well, okay, so that's that's before Sean Livingston tore up his knee, I would think. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's also smaller Ben Simmons. Okay. I like that one. So with a jump shot though. So he can, oh, so he Maybe. can shoot. Okay. I was about to say, can he shoot if he's if he's Sean Livingston? Um Jalen Green is Kobe Light. Oh, Jalen Green is there are a lot of people that speak highly of him. Brandon Boston is Jeremy Lamb, Mike Miller. Mike Miller? Yeah, apparently. That's not a comp that you hear every day. No, that's why I'm, that's why I'm just showing you these. Um, Jalen Johnson, Paul Pierce. Okay. Jonathan Kaminga, Sean Marion. See, there you go. That's what I'm saying. Like Evan Mobley, LaMarcus um, Aldridge, or Jonathan yeah. Bender. All I'm saying is that the view of next year's draft is is one that makes people believe guys who fall outside the lottery probably would have been top five picks in this year's draft. Right. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, no, it makes sense. So, I was I just like looking at the future, like, the Gumps, like yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Kobe, LeBron. Le, dude, what was it? What was Anthony Bennett's comp? Uh, like Sean Kemp or something? I think it was Larry Johnson, maybe. Larry Johnson. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Larry Johnson. <laughs> How wrong they can be. How wrong they can be. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us for this NBA draft preview, this mock draft that we did. Um, we will probably come to you after the NBA draft. I don't know if it'll be Wednesday night or Thursday or Friday, uh, but we will definitely break down what the Cavaliers – I mean, at this point, we kind of have an idea of what the Cavaliers do, but you never know what's going to happen. They'll have – you know, they may, you know, try to get another pick. So whatever happens, we will definitely um, break it down for you here on the Wine and Gold Talk podcast. I want to thank Chris, as always, for joining today. And I do want one more time to tell you that it is the time. It is absolutely the time for you to sign up for subtext. Um, $3.99 a month with two weeks to start free, 14-day free trial. You can start uh, as soon as today. All you have to do, once I find the number here, and I'm going to find the number in a second, um, all you have to do is text the number, if I can pull it up, wherever it is. Text the number, uh, which is going to be 216-208-4499. Again, 216-208-4499. Text that number, and you will get inside analysis uh, and text messages from Chris as leading up to the draft and after the draft, and you'll basically get all the analysis that you could possibly want from Chris every single day. So, again, 14-day free trial if you sign up today, and that will be $3.99 a month after that 14-day free trial. But, Chris... Thank you for joining us as always, and um, get some rest before uh, before Wednesday because it's gonna be a it's gonna be a little bit of a a, t- a long haul for you. Yeah, I'll try my best. We'll see what happens. Probably not going to happen, but we'll Probably try. Not going to happen, but it is what it is. All right, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you everybody for listening. We will talk to you after Wednesday. The NBA draft just a couple days away. Take care. Have a good one.